Hallelujah. I know I use some languages that looks a little bit off. Uh, what I would say, a little bit secular languages that may look a little bit difficult, but you still need to understand them. And I'm still going to continue with them like I promise you so that we can understand. Because I'm really taking you somewhere. I'm going to end up somewhere in relation to this so that you can understand basically what God is doing even in your life. Hallelujah. And so when we talk about rediscovering genuine wealth, we gave a simple definition last week of what wealth is. I mean, if you remember, wealth is from wealth which is, we talk about the well, we talk about the TH. Hmm? Condition of being well or well-being. Is that okay? That's the true meaning of wealth. The well-being of a person. Huh? Okay. And in the secular world, if I may use the word, it is commonly said that health is what? Is wealth. Amen. And I also made you to understand that true wealth is what you produce with wealth. And I try to explain to you that the real wealth you need to produce wealth is already given to you. Amen. Okay. Um, I was trying to mention something last week about nations. Uh, because you see, the nations of the world is like a microcosm. I mean, microcosm of a microcosm. What I mean is... You, for instance, you are a garden. I want to give you a simple illustration. You are a garden. First Corinthians 3, 9, the Bible says, we are God's husband, we are God's garden. Remember that? But yet, man was placed in a garden of Eden. Is that okay? So, it was a garden in the midst of what? Of a garden. Did you get that? So, you are a nation in the midst of nations. Can you get the point? So what reflects in the nations also reflects in your life as a nation. Okay, just in case you don't pick this. What was it that was told to uh, Rebecca? Remember that? He said two nations. Oh, is it there? Good. Two nations are in thy womb. So you are a nation within a nation or within nations. So you are a country within a country. I want you to understand that. I mean, that's exactly the way the Bible puts it. You are a garden in the midst of a garden. You are a nation in the midst of a nation. Is that okay? All right. So what happens in the nation, you can also bring down to your own experience. Okay. And so don't be confused when I'm using this nation to explain to you what I have in mind in relation to genuine words. There's a need for you to get that. Okay, now, if you look at the nations of the world, in your own understanding, you may be thinking, for instance, that America is the wealthiest nation on the face of the world. Of course, they said, God bless nation, God bless country. Fine. So everybody thinks America is the wealthiest nation. But I told you last week that one of the indices to measure a wealthy nation is the GDP. How many of you remember that? And the GDP, I said, is a gross domestic product. And that is to say, everything put together that a country produced are determined the GDP. But in the true sense, if you really want to get the GDP of a nation, you bring in all that a country produced together in terms of the domestic product and divide it by the population of that country. So you have per capita. 
capital expenditure of the individuals in that country to determine the richness of that nation. Are you getting what I'm saying now? Okay, so we are not just talking about money that is hanging in the government coffer. We are talking about how is the living condition of the citizens of that nation. Are you following that? How much is everyone spending or is supposed to be spending to live well as a Nigerian? I'm not making sense to you. So if you take the domestic product, the gross domestic product, and you divide it by how many millions we have in the country, what you get as to what individuals are supposed to be spending determine how well the economy is or how bad the economy is. All right. Now, we have agencies that try to do this, such as the IMF, the World Bank and the CIA. Now I want to give you a few figures here. For instance, in 2010, 2010, the IMF took this thing I'm talking about now over the nations, and this is the order that they got. The richest nation, the wealthiest nation in 2010 was Qatar. And that was followed by Luxembourg, followed by Singapore, USA was number seven on the line. In fact, as far as IMF was going, 2010, I couldn't see any figure for Nigeria. Was lost. I couldn't see where they are. Couldn't see. There are small, even Cameroon were there, but I couldn't see Nigeria for 2010. Hallelujah. That of the one, but between 2005 and 2010, the wealthiest nation was Luxembourg, followed by Qatar. U.S. was number seven. In 1991 record to 2010, by the CIA, the wealthiest nation was Qatar. U.S. was number nine. So, you can understand what growth domestic says and how it determines, how it is determining nations. So, it is not like we say the power, the missiles, all of those things that they claim to have that determine the wealth of a nation. And I've really, at least, I flew in at the airport in Qatar. It's quite a place. Singapore is quite a place. I mean, in terms of living and, and, and you know, of the individuals. Are you following what I'm talking about now? Good. So that is what determines the word of a nation. So even so, like as I'm going to go down, I want you to really follow me. In your own nuclear setting, you as an individual, with all your struggles, how much peace do you have in the midst of all that you have acquired? Because if the nation acquires so much and it is divided by the number of persons in that nation to determine how wealthy, the next question is, with all your struggles and all that you have acquired, how much peace do you have in the midst of that which you have gotten? That determines how rich you are. Am I making sense to you? I want you to follow because it's very important what I'm sharing with you. Okay, so let's just move down just a little bit. Uh, I'll show you something now. So, like I'm trying to say, the GDP 
have to do with uh, per capita is often, like I said, as it is divided among the citizenry to find out. Uh, though they said that's a little bit of a problem as well. But the next thing I also want you to see as we progress now is the GNP. I mentioned that last week. That is part of what I'm really going to express this week or today. But so, genuine words, as we are trying to look at it, are simply our values and principles as a community. With the actual condition of our well-being, genuine words, is the values and the principles as a community or as a nation with the actual condition of our well-being, which are personal, professional, spiritual, environment, and financial. All of this simple together. How do they relate to us? How are they affecting our joy, our well-being as individuals? Then in the natural, in terms of the nation, how does the gross domestic product of our nation affect our person as individuals, our professional output in terms of working conditions, our spiritual output in terms of relating to God who creates, our environment, and then our financial status. How does it relate? Are you still there? All this thing put together defines for you what is called genuine words. So, if the word is in that nation, or if you say the, the, that nation is a worthy nation, we're talking about a nation that on the individual level, there is joy, there is peace. Is that okay? All right. And then on the professional level, you are not underpaid for the work you are doing. Now that you're working in the place you are not supposed to work because of condition. A professional is a professional. So you're not supposed to have a medical doctor riding Okada because there are no facilities or hospital for the professional to practice. It's not a healthy condition. That nation is not wealthy. Are you following what I'm talking about now? So when a professional begins to do a job that is not trained for, it's not a healthy situation and it's not the worthy condition. Okay? Then we talk about spiritual life and so on and so forth, the environment. And when we talk about environment, I don't want to talk about that. You can go out and find out for how the environment is. Now, another important thing, like I said here, in terms of genuine is value and principles. Is that okay? Now I want to define the word value. Value is another word that we have misplaced. Sometimes when we look at the word value, we try to look at it from the purchasing power angle. In other words, what is the value of this? That's how much you can pay for it. Is that okay? Come on. Are we together? All right. But value is from a Latin word, valorum, which means to be worthy. To be worthy. So yet again, we find a confusion in our age as to how we use the term value. Amen? What is the value of a man? For instance. Is it how much you can pay for a man? The value of a man is actually his image of God. Do you understand this now? But we define value based on how much you can pay. So if we are unable to determine what true value is, by the language of the world, by the system of the world, but the worth of a thing is in direct condition how worthy that thing is. Hallelujah. Are we still there? So, value is not truly in terms of how much that thing is. 
it is not necessarily the price of a thing that is the value, it's the worth of that thing. When you say, I value my car, you are not necessarily saying you value it because how much you paid for it. Does it make sense? But the services the car can render is the value, not justly the price. Because look at it this way. Somebody can be in a difficult situation. He's got a good jeep. And maybe he wants to relocate out of this country. And he can decide to sell the car to you for nothing. Am I right? Or somebody can even give it to you for free. Am I right? So what is the value of the car? You see, if, if it is the price you pay, since it is given to you free, it has no value. But the value is the services that the car can do what? Can render. The worthiness of the property. So what is your value? Your value, like I said, is not how much anybody can pay for you. Your value is your worth. Does that make sense? Come on, am I talking to someone here? Good. So the value God deposits in your life determines the wealth he has given to you. Want you to follow me? Hallelujah. Another most confusing word that we often use is the word capital. When you measure capital most often in economies, you're talking about the amount of money. Am I, am I right? Good. I want you to understand this. Now, you see, in the true sense, capital is actually synonymous with the word wealth. Praise the Lord. In whatever form used or capable of being used to produce more words. So, capital is not necessarily money. Capital could be this. For instance, you are a businessman. You have a car. You have an office. And you have all those things put together that you can use. So you can have human capital or material capitals. But not necessarily the money. Am I talking to someone here? It's important you understand these things because they're going to help you. So Daniel is about getting in touch with all the things that made life worthwhile. Everything that made life worthwhile is what Daniel word is all about. Everything that can take care of your physical life, your spiritual life, your professional life, your environment, everything about your well-being. All put together equals what? Genuine words. I explained this last week. You can have so much money and yet you have no peace. You can have so much money and yet you are sick. You, are, you know, money can't buy life. Otherwise, most rich people wouldn't have died. Am I right? No matter the best medical facility in the whole world, it's not a guarantee if you have to die that you'll be saved because you have so much money. Hallelujah. Are we still there? Okay. So like I said, capital actually means wealth. You see the condition of wealth. So recapital asset therefore should be any form of wealth, tangible and intangible, that enables you to produce a condition of well-being. So your money, your car, all of this thing put together equals what? Your capital. Your capital is not, you know, we talk about capital investment. These are the kind of languages we use. The capital I invested. You are actually talking about the money. You put in there. But it's not just the physical cash. It's not just the liquid cash. Capital is not only liquid cash. 
capital includes everything that enables you to produce more in terms of your business. Am I still talking to someone here? Praise the Lord. Okay. All right. So let's move down just a little bit. Then we have what I call human capital, like I mentioned before. Tangible and intangible. We have what we call human capital. To me, that is very important. Human capital is simply things like human skill, human knowledge, human competence, and the attribute of each individual that facilitates the creation of personal, social, and economic well-being. These are human capitals. So for you, you have capitals on your inside. That's why I say capital is not just liquid cash. It's not how much is in your account. Is that okay? It's both tangible and what? Intangible. And one of the intangible things on the aspect of human capital is your knowledge. And this is very crucial. I'm going to go there now. Yesterday, I was really, really oh, taken high and lifted. I stumbled on the system and I listened to Archbishop, the late Archbishop Benson Edelson. And he made a simple illustration. He said he met a man when he was preaching, I think in the UK, I can't remember precisely. Young guy. He, 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 the guy said, he came to him and said, I want you to pray for me. So what is the matter? So, well, I don't have money. So what did you do? So, well, I'm a computer guy. I'm into a computer. It's okay. You have no problem. This is a prayer. You go look for somebody who has money. And both of you come together. You bring your knowledge, you bring his money, and you form a company. If that is not there, look for somebody who has money and somebody who has influence and has no money. Let the three of you come together. One brings the influence because it's no. The other one brings the money. You bring your knowledge. You team up. You start a company. He said the next time he visited, the guy was riding on a good car. And before, as I was in 1996, he's got four houses and four cars or something like that to his credit. What happened? He invested his human capital. I was blown off yesterday when this guy was talking. But if you were to be you and I, the best option we are going to do is to pray and bind all the devil that make him not to prosper. Are you still there with me? But he made me drew out of him that made you have some capital or human capitals in your life that you have not invested. And the only way for you to invest this human capital is to look for somebody who does not have the one you have. The other has liquid capital, you have human capital. You understand that? And if you're two of you cannot just make it, look for a third man who is well known. Let the three of you come together. Decide how much three of you will end on the other side because of what you invested. That is life. It's like part of what I was sharing yesterday. You start a company. Look for a man of God to be part of your board of directors. You are bringing spiritual capital into the investment. Let you not be about your human efforts. Hallelujah. Team up. So that is human capital. It is from your human capital you can produce the well-being like I'm talking about. Now this guy can live well. But before he met Archbishop Idahosa, he was a pooper. Yet he had the knowledge of computer. 
Does that make sense to you? To me, it challenged my life. That's why right association is very crucial. Are you seeing that? Right relationship is very crucial in your life to get out of the level you are to the next level. Who you follow, who you associate with, the company you keep will determine either you're going to go up or you remain stagnant. So some of us, we have so much of human capitals in us, but we don't know how to invest the human capitals. Hallelujah. Ideas are powerful into transforming you from who you are now to something else. Ideas. Hallelujah. Some of you need to really sleep and drink good dreams. Hmm? Dream good dreams. But I don't mean come up with ideas. And where that is there, God is going to help you to connect to somebody who has liquid state capital, if I may use the word, and associate so that your own human capitals can be invested. Wealth is already on your inside, like I told you last week, because you have human capitals. So again, what are human capitals, like I mentioned? Skills, knowledge, competencies, an attribute of individual that facilitate the creation of personal, social, and economic well-being. Is that okay? So it could be knowledge, it could be ability, it could be strength, whatever you think about, that's on your inside. These are human capitals. Amen. Are we still there? Praise the living God. Now, I, I remember, I'm trying to read this and I find that in North America, in the indigenous culture, uh, this is what they believe or what they say. They say there are four aspects to a human being. The emotional aspect. The physical aspect. The spiritual aspect. And the mental aspect. The North, basic North American indigenous culture. They have four aspects of a human being. Emotional, physical, spiritual, and mental. Now to me, this is very close to what Jesus said. Thou shalt serve the Lord thy God with all thy mind, with all thy strength, with all thy soul. Okay? It's the same thing that Jesus said. The four aspects of your life. And that is why you find that a garden in Eden also had four rivers. Why? Because these four aspects of your life need to be washed by the word. So the true development of human capital is that river that broke out of Eden and become four heads. For each of that aspect of your life, God's life needs to flow into it. Are you getting what I'm talking about? And the one that flowed through Ethiopia, I'm so interested in that one, he has a lot of gold in it. That money flows when the river begins to flow into your life. Glory to God. Am I talking to somebody here? You have the peace in you, you have this. And the one that went through Ethiopia, the Bible tells us that he has gold in it. No wonder you find that in Ethiopia. Right from the book of Genesis, Ethiopia was mentioned. <laughs> Is that shocking? Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm seeing some things of late when I read the word and study these things. 
You see? So the river comes in to wash it to what is it doing? That's like Jesus said, out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. There are some aspects of your life that need to be invigorated and come alive again so that your thinking becomes sharp and the real human capital on your inside begins to be exploded. And as it's coming out, you have access to do the things that ordinarily you cannot do. So to be born again, can I say this morning, is to come to the place of absolute level of creativity to develop things that have never existed. Where it is part of creation. In other words, what is not there you bring to be, that is to say you are making words. Hallelujah. Then, I have social capital. What is social capital? It's the value of relationship we have with each other. The world of relationship that I have with each other is what I call social capital. So the question is, if you want to take it on the, on the national level, what is the cohesive level of our integration in Nigeria as a community? That's our social capital. Can a Yoruba man see face to face with an Igbo man? Can our summer see face to face with somebody from the south? Can Christians and Muslims live together? Social capital. Are you getting that? The level of cohesion that we have is our social capital relationship. In the home, what is the social capital that you can produce? Husband and wife. Children and mother. Children and parents. Grandchildren and grandparents. What is the level of social capital that we have that we can boost up? I'm sure you have not forgotten I'm discussing wealth. <laughs> Glory to God. Now everything I'm talking about is not about what the kingdom of God. Social relationship has to do with living in righteousness with one another. Is, is that okay? Good. Joy, peace in the home. That's what I'm talking about. I'm discussing God's kingdom. But I'm trying to make you see that even in the world, that is why the Bible says Jesus or God is the governor among the nations. What is intended to pass across is what I'm telling you now. That there have to be social capital relationship all over the world. In other words, nations can relate to nations. That's why the book of Isaiah, the Bible says the lamb and the lion shall lie down together. That is social capital. In my holy mountain, they will not halt. Social capital. <laughs> Are you see there? Glory to God. So where we are a hole where there is fighting, quarreling, and all of those things, then social capital is missing. Nowhere else. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Are you following this? Okay. Now let me go to this other one. I call it natural capital. These are natural resources or environmental assets and systems that provide humanity with nature's materials and services that are vital to economic well-being. Natural capital. Nigeria natural capital. Oil is there. Boxard is there. The trees in the forest are there. Anything God has endowed the nation with that can be in a nest to produce wealth are the natural capital of that nation. We have Malaysia surviving on only one major natural capital which they took from Nigeria 
and that is palm oil. Am I talking to someone here? Ability to use your natural capital. Then for you as an individual, what are your natural capital? It could be a tailor. Your machine is your natural capital. Because it's what you use to produce wealth. Am I talking to someone here? You must understand that God has endowed every nation with something very unique and specific. That is supposed to harness to produce and to bring the whole state to a place of well-being. God is not intended that anybody suffers. Are you getting this? It is not God's intention that any nation or individual ever suffers in creation. So he made provision. Now one of the things that you can also understand is this. Poverty in this regard in terms of nation is not because God has not made things available. It's either we are abusing what he has made available or we have not been able to tap into what he has made available. Is that okay? Praise the Lord. Okay, so let me see drive you a little bit. Praise the living God. So we're just looking at genuine wealth, everything that can be provide solution to all our day-to-day -day activities and even in nations. That is genuine wealth. Uh, let me quickly run this so that I can get through with you on this because I have something I need to share next week. So let's get down to very briefly to gross national product. Gross national product is simply the total value of the goods and services produced by the resident of a nation during a specific period. For instance, it could be a year. It was used the first time in 1947. That word gross national product. Hmm? Is somebody writing it? Okay. I said gross national product is the total value of the goods and services produced by the residents of a nation. And I want you to know the word resident. During a specific period, maybe as a year, and I say it was first used in 1947. Gross national product. Gross national product. So it measured all the output generated by countries' entrepreneurs or enterprises, whether physically located, domestically, or abroad. Everything put together as a gross national product. And then there are some things I want you to see now because this is important to me. If everything produced by the nation equals a national product, I remember we talked about uh, what is that? Capital, social, human. Remember that? Human capital, environmental, and so on and so forth. I mentioned all of that. Remember that? Okay, we're talking about what a nation can produce, the summary of what the nation can produce, whether within and abroad. And then I want to make you see something here. Often, the gross domestic product is compared to the GNP, gross national product. Is that alright? And don't you forget, I've been able to make you see you are a nation in a nation. Is that okay? A micro of a macrocosm. Understand that. Now, what are some of the things, if I want you to name it, I'm going to mention two now, which is part of the gross national product that we have in this country. And I'm going to mention two, and you help me to finish up. Because you know them. One of the gross national product we have in our country is air pollution. Because we are producing it. Am I talking to somebody? 
Are you still confused? Okay, can you help me from there? You already know part of what I'm talking about now. Gross national product. What about arm robbery? It's gross national product. That's Nollywood. Corruption. Are you getting that? Come on, are we together? What about bad roads? Now, when you take the money to buy ambulance for Red Cross to be able to carry dead cops on the road, it's still part of the gross national product. Why are you doing that? Because the roads are not good. Because you are expecting accident to happen on the road. Gross national product. Are you following what I'm talking about? High level of corruption. Gross national product. Robbery. Now it's just too common. And part of, don't you forget. You produce within and without. How do we import robbery more into the country? Through themes. No restriction on the kind of themes that is aired on our televisions. Are you still following what I'm talking about? Why? Because we imbibe the philosophy of human rights, which is no human. Are you getting this? So now all manner of themes are being shot, and our children are listening and they're watching and they are learning the techniques of robbery. Unfortunately, they're not even as sophisticated as what they're watching film. They forgot that this sometimes these are just simply films, but they are not actual things that are happening. So, because there's no restriction on the kind of films that are brought into the country, what do we have? We have also produced armed robbers at a very high level. Praise the living God. Are we still there? Gross national product. The river Niger that cannot be dredged to date. And so economic activities cannot go on is a gross national product. Are we still together? I want you to understand these things. As we spend more money for security, it's a gross national product because we have not been able to secure and make peace to reign amongst people. Gone are the days when I was in this city, when I grew up here. In fact, because then the condition were not the way it is, we sleep outside. Oftentimes we sleep about 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. When the weather is cold, we are feeling cold, then we go inside. We used to sleep on a veranda. I was saying in Obahode, number 44. But now you dare not. So now listen to me. For we to start producing padlocks to lock our gate is a national product because of insecurity. Am I talking to somebody? We are investing on the wrong thing because we have not been able to take care of the primary thing. Gross national product. We have padlocks. We have heavy gates. Are you still there? And then we are developing from heavy gate to electricity gate but now why electrical gate cannot work well because our nepa is not working gross national product <laughs> are we still there together praise the living god joblessness because we do not have industries where our graduates can work gross national product joblessness you can go on and on Amen. Amen. Corrupt themes, like I said, that destroy the mind and the average citizen. Because most people can't think right now. 
Because they are more influenced by the things they see than what they are supposed to be thinking about. They are not creative in any way by reason of the gross national product that we have overproduced. Hallelujah. Are we there? Praise the living God. So you find that gross national product all put together as really on the negative does not allow the peace, the well-being of the people of the state to live. Can you get where I'm coming from now? Because wealth is the well-being of the citizens of a nation. Is that, is that okay, somebody? Now that you have gross national product that kind of counter-react everything that the country seems to say, you can't say that country is rich. That is why you find that those people like Luxembourg, like Qatar that we have just spoken about, some of these vices I've mentioned now, you can find it there. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Praise the living God. So as a nation, and I don't mean Nigeria now, as an individual, what are the gross national product we are producing that is taking away the peace of God from your home? The nation can give us armed robbery, give us bad road, no electricity, poor water, so waterborne diseases, no drugs, so people can easily be sick and die, gross national product. So the question is, you as an individual, what are the gross national product you are producing in your own home as opposed to the GDP of your home? Because you see, the gross national product can affect your human capital. Am I correct? Good. So if your human capital, which is supposed to be your emotional state of well-being, being affected by your environment, then of course you cannot say to be wealthy. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Hallelujah. Praise the living God. I don't know if this thing is helping anybody to think. Amen? Because you see, when you look at what we call the gross domestic product, they exclude these things we are talking about. They don't include things like marriages and problems in marriages. Or the intelligence of a public debate or the integrity of a public officials. It doesn't consider all those things. Am I talking to somebody here? Where you say gross domestic product. They don't consider all these factors. Our officials, both were not well paid, were into corruption. The GDP does not take them into consideration. Marriages and the problem in marriages, homes and the problem in homes, the GDP, the way it is calculated, or the way we think about it, does not take those people into consideration. The GMP does, and that is the best way to really calculate. So, if you say somebody is wealthy, and yet is not living at peace with himself, at peace with his environment, you can say the person is wealthy. So, the Bible will tell you to be at peace. And look at the way he said it. He said, be at peace with all men. Did the Bible say so? Mm -hmm. That's talking of human capital that you need to invest. Be at peace. He's trying to give you a commandment. Work it out to be sure there is peace among you and all men. Because if, if the other man is not at peace, you too cannot be what? At peace. Human capital. Hallelujah. Okay, I would like us to read a few scriptures here and then we go. We read before in simple definition of what I'm saying, 
Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse number 18 remember we read that last week and that defined for us very simply part of the human capital that I'm talking about the word power in that chapter is the Lord that giveth the power to get with like I mentioned to you the word power means means or other resources it means an army, it means word, it means virtue, it means valor, it means strength, it means ability. So, if you check through the list of the meaning of the word power, it simply means your intelligence is given to you by God to be able to produce word. Your skill, your intelligence, your strength. Hallelujah. You see, you mentioned something. The lazy man said there is a lie on our side. He's not making use of his strength and the power God has given to him. Therefore, he remains poor. Do you understand that? Come on, are we together? Good. So, your skill, your ability are resources that God has given to you. When we talk about power, that includes wisdom. Let me show you what it means. Proverbs. Proverbs, very quickly. Uh, Proverbs 29 Proverbs 29 Verse 3 Proverbs 29 3 says Whoso loveth wisdom rejoiceth his father But he that keepeth company with hallow spendeth his substance I want you to look at that together The word substance the word is the word words Right? Now he who makes words is the one that loves wisdom. That means true wisdom where it flows. Now I'm going to make you see something now very quickly with two scriptures as well. Are you seeing what I'm talking about? God is our father. Is that okay? He that loves wisdom which God has given to you rejoices his father. In other words, when you are living well, God is happy. Hallelujah. Because Zechariah 1.17 tells us through prosperity shall his nation, his kingdom be expounded on the face of the earth. So he who lost wisdom which he has given to produce wealth rejoice his father. But a foolish one if you will. He that keepeth company with harlots. Harlots are people who are mixing things that doesn't work if you will. Taking the treasurable things and mixing it with the profane. Hallelujah. No, the Bible talks about adultery with the world. Is that okay? Adultery with the world means knowing so much about the world and knowing less about God. Friendship. So if the company you keep will either make you use the wisdom God has given or waste the wisdom God has given, which is your words. So when you say God give you the power, it could be wisdom, skill, understanding, ability. All of those things God has given is to enable you to do what? To get what? Hallelujah. Now, Proverbs 10 verse 22. Proverbs 10 22. We just need to finish this because I have to continue from this next week. Proverbs 10 22. Are you there with me? Look at it this way. The blessings of the Lord, it make us rich. And he added no sorrow with it. Is that okay? Hallelujah. What is the blessing of the Lord here? Is the power he has given to you to do what? To get well. This is where we're going to start from next week. But I'll make you see something when we start from here next week. 
that Solomon was a wealthy man. And I'm not giving you the scripture now, but I'll give you to it next week. But if you can, go and read the book. There is something Solomon did and succeeded, but when Jehoshaphat did it, he failed. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Both of them were kings. One of them succeeded, the other one failed. And I will tell you now because that is going to be part of your study next week, which has to do with the blessings of the Lord. He does what? He has no sorrow. In other words, the wisdom God has given to you will not bring you to shame. Do you understand that? The skill and the ability he has given to you will not bring you to shame. So he that loveth wisdom rejoiced who? His father. And part of the thing that God has given to you is what? It's wisdom. Wisdom to succeed. Wisdom to be great. Wisdom to be mighty. Wisdom to be mighty upon the face of the earth. You will have real wealth in the name of Jesus Christ.